Welcome to Life Point Plus, a program dealing with marriages and family. We are so glad you're listening. Here's your host, pastor and teacher, Gary Moore. Welcome to Life Point Plus. I'm your host, Gary Moore. We are working our way through Robert Paul and Greg Smalley's book, Nine Lies That Will Destroy Your Marriage. We're looking at love lie number nine. You win some, you lose some. You can spend your married life fighting or compromising, but why should you when there's a better alternative? Seek solutions that you both feel really good about. That's what our authors mean by a win-win. Our authors recommend a seven-step win-win solution. And last week, we covered the first two. Adopt the no-losers policy and heart-talk the issue. So today, we're going to begin with step three. Pray for unity. This powerful step serves two purposes. First, we don't ever want to try to overcome our challenges without the benefit of the Lord's wisdom and guidance. Consider praying like this. Lord, we're not together on this. We are not on the same page, but we truly desire unity. Please help us find a solution we both feel good about. Thank you for being in the middle of this with us. The wonderful added benefit here is that as soon as you pray together for God's help, you've already restored unity, even prior to finding a win-win solution. Notice you were not together before this. It was my ideas versus your ideas, my feelings versus your feelings. However, now you join together and ask God to help you find a solution you both feel great about. From this point forward, the two of you are working together with God. Unity is restored. Now all you need is a solution. Step 4. Brainstorm your options. This is the work step. Use any method you can think of to find ideas and possibilities you both might feel good about. Talk to people who've dealt with similar issues. Google it. Get creative. Most commonly, just get out a piece of paper and start writing down each other's ideas. Don't be afraid to suggest crazy ideas. If they're truly crazy, you can throw them out later. But often it's some of the craziest ideas that lead to options that turn out to be brilliant. If you have an idea rattling around in your head, get it out by writing it down. Step 5. Evaluate options and choose one you both feel good about. This step is fairly self-explanatory. Just remember, you're not looking to settle or compromise, but to hang in there until both of you feel as if you've landed on a win-win. Step number six, try it. This step is essential. Just because it sounded like a win-win when you were talking about it doesn't mean it will feel like one when you try it. Step 7. Check back in and rework it if necessary. After trying the idea out, make sure you both feel good about how it's going. If this solution is not working out for both of you, cycle back up and reassert your commitment to the no-losers policy. Heart talk what felt good and what didn't. Pray for additional help. Brainstorm new options or tweaks to what you already had. Come with the new win-win, try it, and reevaluate. Don't quit until you're both pleased with the result. 
As believers, remember that we serve a God who is committed to unity. He lives in a perfectly unified triune relationship, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. He wants nothing more than to also be in unity with us and to help us be in unity with each other. Our authors say that it does require a little faith to test this out. But this seven-step process gives us a golden opportunity to watch the Lord demonstrate His commitment to us over and over again. Let's revisit this win-win proposition for a moment. In adopting your own no-losers policy, remember that in a marriage, you are on the same team. Thus, you either win together or you lose together. There's no such thing as a win-lose because you're both on the same team. As you work toward finding win-win solutions in your marriage, put into practice Philippians 2.4. Let each of you look not only to your own interests, but also to the interests of others. Start with writing your own no-losers policy. Make it unacceptable for either person to walk away feeling as if he or she lost. Redefine winning as finding a solution that feels good to both people. For example, we will no longer accept any solution until we both feel really good about it. We want our team to win, and therefore how you feel is going to matter every bit as much as how I feel. As you articulate your own no-losers policy, you instantly create safety. You know, when people aren't worried about protecting their own agenda, defending their own position, getting walked over, or being taken advantage of, they relax. When you are no longer anxious that your feelings and ideas won't be considered, the worry disappears and is replaced by hope. When you believe that your spouse wants what is best for you, your heart opens and this paves the way for creativity. And a win-win solution is best found when the creative juices are flowing. You can practice finding win-win solutions on any issue you'd like to discuss. Start with smaller issues until you get the hang of functioning as a team under a no-losers policy. Pick a fun topic, like your ideal date night. Take turns describing in detail the perfect date together. Would it be a day date or an evening date? Would it be over a few hours or would you spend the night somewhere? Where would you eat? What would you do? Dinner in a movie? Hiking? Attending a sporting event? A concert? Or maybe a play? Or coffee? Or something else? How would you end your date? Practice your heart talk skills. Listening and repeating back what you hear your spouse saying and acknowledging their emotion. Now create a win-win date night by taking elements from both date nights and combining them into one perfect date. Finally, put this date on the calendar and enjoy. Nine lies that will destroy your marriage. These lies influence how most of us think about and approach our marriage relationships. The interesting thing is that generally none of us even realize that these lies have set us up for frustration and disappointment and possibly even complete failure. These notions are usually passed on to us by well-meaning people who really believe they are the keys to marital bliss. 
Rarely do our encouragers want anything other than to help us. These relationship beliefs and strategies have infiltrated our culture, and many have even become prominent within the church. Hopefully, as we've journeyed through this book and looked at what our authors call common misunderstanding and unfortunate approaches, that you have seen where some of them may have been responsible for some of your own frustrations and disappointments. So let me restate the nine lies once again. Number one, and they lived happily ever after. Number two, one plus one equals one. Number three, all you need is love. Number four, I must sacrifice who I am for the sake of my marriage. Number five, you must meet each other's needs. Number six, our differences are irreconcilable. Number seven, I'm going to make you love me. Number eight, your love is driving me crazy. Number nine, you win some, you lose some. Well, I trust this has been a meaningful study for you. Now I want to turn our attention. You know, Gary Chapman is best known for his book, The Five Love Languages. In fact, I'm sure many of you have read it. Well, in 2005, he published a lesser-known book titled The Four Seasons of Marriage with a subtitle of Secrets to a Lasting Marriage. For the next several weeks, I want to take a look at some of the concepts and ideas that he puts forth in that book. You know, as we've said on many of our broadcasts, marriage relationships are constantly changing. Attitudes shift, emotions fluctuate, and the way spouses treat each other ebbs and flows between loving and not-so-loving. Sometimes change is beyond our control. Other changes we create for ourselves, but sometimes with unexpected consequences. In the natural world, the four seasons are created by certain inevitable changes that occur as the earth turns on its axis and revolves around the sun. Likewise, Gary Chapman says, The changes we face in life, and the way we process and respond to them, create the seasons of marriage. The birth of a baby, the death of a loved one, illness, in-laws, getting a job, the demands of a job, travel, vacations, weight gain, weight loss, financial ups and downs, moving, staying, depression, disagreements, Moods, teenagers, aging bodies, aging parents, hobbies, habits, sex, impotence, infidelity. All of these are examples of situations and circumstances that put pressure on a marriage and demand a response. If we respond well and in harmony with our spouse, we can keep our marriage in spring or summer. If we don't respond well, or if our response clashes with our spouse's response, we can feel the chill of autumn or be thrust into the icy cold of winter, sometimes before we know what hit us. Some changes, such as sexual infidelity, strike at the very heart of a marriage. Other changes are simply a natural part of life, such as illness, aging, or a new job. Our response to change consists of emotions, attitudes, and actions. 
The combination of these three factors will determine which season our marriage is in at any given time. We'll continue this new study next week. Be safe and have a great weekend. God bless. Thank you for listening today. This program is brought to you by Cloverdale Church of God. If you would like to reach Pastor Gary, please email him at pastorgary at cloverdalechurch.org. To know more about the church, go to our website at www.cloverdalechurch.org. Thanks for listening and be blessed.